Good afternoon, and welcome to uh, <laughs> quite the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was um, kind of an interesting little back and forth here. We're, mm-hmm. we're 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 actually live on Facebook. If you want to go on Facebook and mm-hmm. and watch us, uh, Taylor and I are in the studio together. Actually, we're in in Studio B today. Studio B. What do you call Studio B? Studio basement. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we are, uh, we're here today. Glad you're joining us. Looks like the upstate is in for some thunderstorms. Got a little bit of rain last night. Looks like we need a little more more today, which is good for us, right, Taylor? Because we spent a whole lot of time. Oh, yeah. Last Sunday afternoon, Father's Day afternoon, Taylor and I went to the farm and, uh, and planted. <laughs> and planted. And planted some more. And cut the grass. And disked and, and dragged mm-hmm. and. Cool, cool toy. That that oh, yeah. that compactor was really neat. Mm-hmm. Eighteen hundred and something pounds. Uh, we call it a packer. Mm-hmm. Uh, really neat, neat, uh, neat. Um, can you hear us out there? I don't know if they can hear us on Facebook anyway. It just always bothers me when we <laughs> do this sort of stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, the cult packer was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Eighteen hundred pounds. Really, when you're planting. Not necessarily when you're just broadcast spreading seed and all, uh, but when you're drilling like we were doing and all, you, you need a good firm seed bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we had that this past weekend. It worked really good. And I was really dreading if we had to do it by hand. Yeah, we weren't gonna. It was kind of a an up and down whether we were gonna have to plant by hand this year, <laughs> but we didn't. We had a four row planter and uh, and a grain drill, and it all worked out really really well. Got it all in. Almost, almost like golf greens, mm-hmm. fairways. I'd say it was smooth as a fairway. Would mm-hmm. you not? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For, <laughs> but it was hot, folks. Goodness <laughs> gracious, alive! It was warm and uh, dusty. But we we wanted to get in for the rain, and the rain kind of disappeared first of the week. So mm-hmm. we're thankful for the rain we're getting. We're getting today, yep. and uh, gonna have um, be interesting this year. This I guess. A month or so from now, see what comes up right. Because mm-hmm. we planted, we we got to. I don't like to bait with corn when we deer hunt, so we uh, we plant corn. Mm-hmm. That's not an option for everybody. Although I think you could probably get something done wherever you are. It just won't last very long. Uh, but we we're blessed with a lot of acorns where we hunt, and uh, and so we we don't like to use the corn. Like to hunt the food sources, mm-hmm. and this year we did a lot of corn on a four row planter. And a lot of soybeans. We're going to see. It's just kind of a transition. I'm sure people like us who hunt and plant, you you fiddle around with things from year to year. And we're fiddling more and more as we go we've done, on. We've done a lot of fiddling. <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of fiddling. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hey, Clifford, how are you doing? Clifford Weaven from Lufkin, Texas is on with us. Getting a, hey, Clifford, are we? Are you ready to go uh, barramundi fishing? <laughs> Clifford's got, Clifford got me into a bear Monday. Howdy from the hot west Texas. Yeah, it's hot <laughs> and wet out there. <laughs> Take me fishing. Take me fishing, yeah. Uh, Clifford's a good friend of ours, works for uh, Stanley <laughs> Jigs and Hale Lures out there. And uh, but yeah, we're going um, going bear Monday fishing. The only place in the United States you can go catch bear Monday is in Florida. Osceola Adventures or something like that. And uh, so I'm going to go bear Monday fishing. It's going to be a fun thing. And uh, we'll see how it works. Never caught a bear Monday before. Never been to Australia. So this will be interesting. They say they're really neat. 
and I'm looking forward to it. But um, yeah, but yeah, we we always fiddle around with things in, at the farm, and then this year will be a, I think it'll be a really cool year. I really do. It's the first time we've ever planted wholesale soybeans to go to seed uh, to go to beans and just there, just there for yeah. the deer to eat when they need it, and and during and it's not so much during hunting season. We really we don't hunt where we planted. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we have a sanctuary on our place, and and that's where we we don't hunt. So pretty much everything we planted the other day is. For them to get through the winter. Mm-hmm. After all the acorns, the browse is gone, it's for them to get through the winter. So, but yeah, it was hot. It was really hot. Dusty. Really hot. <laughs> and then I went back over Tuesday afternoon, finished cutting the grass, and overseeded with some brown top. Mm-hmm. And then the coolest thing about the whole weekend, we just, just made my, made my year <laughs> was what? You know what it is. Go ahead, tell it. You don't think it's that great, but I, th- I do. I think it's great. Okay. I do. Well, then what was it? Quail. That's right. <clears throat> I had three birds whistling from different locations Sunday evening. And that's just, you know, anybody that keeps up with Bob White Quail knows how, you know, the, the populations have gone down. And, I mean, for years and years and years, I have planted all sorts of stuff. Between Ken Fleming and myself, we have... We have put some seed in the ground mm-hmm. to try to give those birds a foothold. Something, and we don't harvest it. It sits there. It drops all through the year, uh, through the winter time into the spring. And over the last couple of years, well, you and I saw a covey of seven at the end of the mm-hmm. one year. Right there outside the gate. Yeah. And um, and but uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. I was putting up the gator, and I heard something, and I was inside the shed. I was going. To, I turned off the gate. I was like, "Okay, am I just hearing stuff?" No. It's like, to, <laughs> to a southerner who grew up here through the '50s, '60s, '70s, '80s, through the heyday of quail hunting, that is that is the one sound that will make my one of the sounds. There's there's a couple, but one of the ones that will really in my heart skip a beat. So, anyway, lots of lots of good stuff going on, <laughs> and and we got for those of you who don't aren't members and i'm not a member of a lot of organizations these days i i used to be and i, I pulled them, a lot of them back in but i did join the quality deer management association uh back this summer or spring we had a um the greenville chapter here had a uh oyster roast and i went joined and they have a seed program i mean I, here in the upstate we got a hold of some soybeans and so we that's where we got our soybeans from they were nine dollars a bag they were not Roundup ready. They were another kind of ready. And I, I, I thought I'd save the tag, but I didn't. So it's uh, it's not Roundup ready soybeans, but it is a uh, it is resistant to some of the pesticide or, or weed sprays that you put mm-hmm. on it. Uh, they kind of look purple. Really cool, but yeah, yeah. I saw them. I was like, what? Look like purple. The yeah, this is not your average soybean. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, but anyway, they have a program through QDMA here in so- South and North Carolina through Wanamaker Wildlife, which is down in St. Matthews, South Carolina. And uh, you'll get planning recommendations, special pricing for top quality deer food plot seed when you visit Wanamaker Wildlife, located in St. Matthews, six miles off I-26 at exit 139. Um, the seed offer includes, and I'm not even going to, uh, yeah, it's clover. <laughs> 
often recommended by Joe Hamilton, inoculated and ready to plant, uh, $55 for a half-acre bag. It's a 50-50 mixture between the A clover and Elise clover, the A-E-S-C-H-Y-N-O-M-E-N-E. Like I said, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. It'll just be ugly. Uh, <laughs> but then they've got their magic carpet mix. Uh, they got a sum, summer ultimate mix. They got a deer forage soybeans. Uh, Atomic is 35. Stonewall is 25. And uh, yeah, but it's pretty cool having Wanamaker Wildlife here. I've, I've st- tried to stop by there a couple times. I've always been closed. That's my fault for not making better time on my back roads. Like I like to come home. Boo, there's a little bit of thunder and lightning. Yep, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you're not a member of Quality Deer Management Association, there is one more reason to join in that they have a seed program and when you're when you're planting a lot we don't plant a whole lot but when you are shelling out money to plant then uh you know you like to get all your money's worth right yeah you know about getting your money's worth i do know about <laughs> talk about uh fingernails mm. <laughs> so anyway we come back we've got uh we've got a whole bunch of stuff we're going to cover today all of it fun, all of it good, some of it kind of sobering. But uh, hang with us through the break. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. <laughs> oh, that kind of makes me hungry. Cheeseburgers in paradise tonight. I'm down for cheeseburgers. You're down for cheeseburgers? I'm down for cheeseburgers. Everybody likes a good cheeseburger. I like <laughs> mine with lettuce, tomato. <laughs> a little bit of Jimmy Buffett there to uh, lighten up things. Uh, the upstate is officially getting wet, and uh, <laughs> we love it. I wanna, want to uh, take just a moment before we get into the calendar events to uh, yesterday, if, you, if you're not um, in the loop of professional fishing at all, you may not know this. Uh, Ot Defoe did a live yesterday afternoon. Ott won the Classic in Knoxville that we were at just this past March. Uh, did a, a Facebook Live and had some pretty sobering news, I guess you'd say. He uh, he said he'd been relatively short of breath ever since the Classic. He said, in fact, during the Classic, he wasn't sleeping good. Uh, he just you know attributed that to just the... Um, <laughs> was that like somebody burning up, that little yes. emoji that yes, went over there? <laughs> okay. Just check it. Uh, and, but he attributed it just being the classic. Uh, it hasn't didn't get any better over the next few weeks. So he went to the doctor. They said he had bronchitis. Gave him something for it. He said it actually got a little better. And then it started getting worse. And his wife chimed in at one point and said he couldn't even walk up the hill in the backyard. So he went back to the doctor. They're doing some tests. Said, eh, it looks okay. Uh, I think Monday of this past week, they went back to the doctor he said, well, let's schedule for an EKG. They did an EKG on Tuesday. And uh, to sum it all up, he his mitral valve is damaged. And it's leaking blood into his lungs, which is why he couldn't breathe as well as he should be, uh, which is a serious thing. Uh, but luckily, well, not luckily, by the grace of God for him, uh, they have a doctor's appointment for Monday morning. They will have a heart cath done, and based on the heart cath, they will schedule surgery. Uh, he is hoping, and there's some reason to believe, that it will be minimally invasive surgery. 
And instead of repa- replacing the valve, it'll just be repairing it. So that's great news for Ott. We'll, we'll need to, uh, it's Pro Angler Ott Defoe if you're on Facebook. It's OttDefoe.com, I think, if you're on his mm-hmm. webpage or whatever. But anyway, it'd be, uh, I'm sure he and his family would appreciate your thoughts and prayers during this time. Um, it's pretty scary to, to be told that you're probably that your heart valve is leaking and everything is not functioning correctly and you've got to have some heart surgery. So I'm sure they'd appreciate your thoughts and prayers. But anyway, let's, uh, we've got a, a few things going on, one of which in fact is kind of, is, is urgent with the calendar of events. Very urgent. So, and our calendar of events is brought to you by Visit Anderson Green Pond Landing and Event Center. You heard the, the Lake Harwell ad. That's, uh, Neil Paul's ad that he runs on this show every, every, Every show we hear that. My favorite person. Your favorite person, Neil. But anyway, so, okay, what's the urgency? The urgency in this event is because it's tonight. <laughs> if y'all want to take a little drive to Shelby, North Carolina. Which is a little bit outside of South Carolina. Yes. Um, but it's home to Matt Airy and Brian Thrift. True, so true. They're, they're Another almost, one of my favorite people. They're almost... Almost South Carolinians. They're close. Almost. Almost. <laughs> it's at Elizabeth Baptist Church. If you go to the Christian Life Center, they are having a banquet with a special guest. One of your favorites. One of my other favorites, John Godwin from Duck Commander. And and I've already been asked if I can drive to Shelby after the show. Yes. <laughs> Don't think so. What time is it going to be? Banquet doors open at 5 o'clock and meal is served at 6 o'clock. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> one. That, that's that's Cross Trail Outfitters, mm-hmm. which is a, an organization that's youth involvement, Christian-based yep. youth involvement, which is pretty nice. So see, good, 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 good cause, and I mean, you're really happy, so you should do it. Good gracious, alive! <laughs> Lightning struck very close to you. Stop. <laughs> you are awful. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> building on that and uh, <laughs> um. away from the lightning comments, um, the national if, if, there there are tons of outdoor camps in South Carolina, from Clemson YLI camps, the the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources Camp Wildwood Year One just wrapped up today, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kings Mountain State Park, uh, Coastal Expeditions has a bunch of summer camps going on, but the National Wild Turkey Federation actually has a list of outdoor camps this summer uh beginning well there was one that happened this past week for a couple days the the next one is the hunting camp july 9th to the 11th ages 10 to 14 it's 150 dollars it's a camp designed for the future generation of hunters it includes hunter safety firearm practice game calling mock hunts and trap shooting at the palmetto shooting complex it's every day from 9 a.m to 3 p.m and they've got another, they've got three more this summer after that one. So that's one for the National Wild Turkey Federation. If you're interested in knowing all of them, then uh, you can go to their website, uh, backslash events, and find these summer camps. We'll, we'll talk about the other ones a little bit later on in a, in a future calendar event, but that's a good one. The first one was STEM. What's that? Science, technology, something, engineering and math. Yeah, it was a STEM camp. And I missed that. Sorry about that. But it's from forestry and engineering. STEM is everywhere in nature, and that's the truth. So, anyway, what have you got? Well, Saturday, July 6th, 
with the Bamberg County Chamber, South Fork, and Edisto River canoe and kayak trips. If you go, launches at 9 a.m. at the Bobcat Landing. That sounds fun. Where is that at? Bobcat Landing? Mm-hmm. Cool. Another thing it? we should do. Yeah, free shuttle service, too. Yep. See? I know. Mm-hmm. I want to float the Edisto. That's one of those on my list is to float the Edisto. Well, uh, Backcountry Hikers and Anglers is an organization based out west that is uh, would like to kind of oversee the public land access for all of us. Uh, public land here in South Carolina, it's a, it's a, can be a relatively small thing. But uh, there are, if you're out west, and if you've been fishing out west, if you've been big game hunting out west, you know the vast uh, millions and millions of acres in the public land system out there. Backcountry Hikers and Anglers is, is an organization that supports opening up the land, keeping it open for hunting and fishing. And they, they are making inroads in the east, and we're actually in South Carolina. They are trying to get a, a chapter going. I think they've had one, what they call Pint Night. I think it was in Columbia. And they contacted me. There's going to be another Pint Night in the upstate, Fountain Inn, South Carolina, Saturday, July 20th at Orion's Bar and Grill from 6 to 9. And Pint Nights is, is just their way of getting people who are interested together to talk, to meet each other, form those bonds and friendships, and then they'll, they'll strike off with the chapter here in South Carolina. So, and in, in conjunction with this, I, um, messaged with Land Tawny, who is president of Backcountry Hikers and Anglers. He and I are going to try to record something explaining who they are and, and, and their mission and all on July the 2nd, I think. That's what we scheduled a, a call, and uh, so he'll be joining us on the show, which would be really cool. Have land on. I met land. I think it was in 2017 in Texas, and uh, we've kind of bounced off each other a couple times every year, and said we need to get on the radio together, and we're going to make it happen now. Pretty nice when you can just text land, Tony. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with that. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's sometimes it's really bizarre. Some of the phone numbers and people that I talk to, and, and and my whole life has been in this, and yet here at this ripe old age I am, it's you know I'm, I'm doing something that's just well, you, bizarre. You, you do realize you just called yourself old. Right? I am. All right, what else you got? <laughs> well, <clears throat> Palmetto Shooting Complex is starting now. They're starting a. Sporting, it's the Sporting Clays League, and from now Thursdays at 6 p.m. Um, it's six weeks, twenty dollars per week, and if you have never shot before, your first lesson is free. I would suggest going down and joining the league if you've never shot before. I but you. if you're into Sporting Clays and you've got somebody that has never shot before, take them with you because while you're off shooting Sporting Clays, they can have their first lesson free. Mm-hmm. Which is is nice. It's now your first. I think you still have to pay to shoot. It's a minimal charge. It doesn't say on there. I don't think. Oh, okay. But anyway, it's a Palmetto Shooting Complex is a destination shooting complex, and it's 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 hosts a lot of the high school uh, and college series shooting events. Great place. You can also get married down there. The big oh, they have a beautiful, beautiful outdoor venue down there. I'm not saying anything. I'm sorry. That just, in the same sentence, that was perfect. Well, you can. 
perfect. You can go shooting and get married at the same time. Let's do it. Or afterwards. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, the Palmetto Shooting Company, have, <laughs> they have two sporting clays range, a north and a south. They have a sub-gun range. So if you're shooting 28s, 410s, that sort of thing, you have a sub-gun range. They have trap and skeet. They have wobble, five-stand. Uh, but yeah, like I said, their their outdoor venue down there is in, it's, it is yep. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I just, I just remember the food. <sighs> yes, the food was good. The food was very good. So you ought to take care. You take advantage of that one. And that was that was built with Pittman Robertson money. Mm-hmm. And we often talk about how much hunters and anglers com- contribute through excise taxes and license sales and all to. Not only habitat access, natural resources, hunting, and that sort of thing. It, it also includes shooting facilities. Mm-hmm. On the fishing side, it includes fishing access, boat ramps, uh, tackle loaner programs, life jacket loaner programs. In fact, I think they have a, in Anderson, at the Anderson County Library, they have a tackle loaner program in the Anderson County Library. Hmm. So... There's opportunity everywhere, folks. Uh, it's true. Whether you take advantage of it or not is up to you. But, yeah, there's opportunity in South Carolina f- for pretty much anything outdoors you want to do, including planning, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a little note. Yes. Bring lots of water bottles if you're going to plant. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was brutal, folks. <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> Anyway, so that's your calendar. Just a few places to start. Always check before you go to make sure that uh, something hasn't been canceled or postponed. And uh, hang on through the break. We'll be back with more Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. There is no texting during a radio show. No text. There's no crying in baseball. There's no texting we during a radio a show. No, the break was over. But I just sent the text as the break got over with. Oh, gosh. I love your, like, hand motions. Yes, yes. No texting in radio show. No crying in baseball. No crying in baseball. <laughs> That's right. There there are a lot of, uh, a lot of news came out this week. A lot of. A lot of things for you to take advantage of, for you to be involved in. Taylor, you've got one that's happening right on Lake Hartwell here next I week. I do. It's, it's uh, an announcement. The public invited to Lake Hartwell striped bass management meeting. And I'm just going to say, I want to go catch a striper. You've caught stripers. When I was Thanks to uh, Ellie Jones. At, yeah, we went out on a cold, cold evening. It was, it was cold, folks. I'm just saying, if y'all have never seen... A picture where a little girl looks like a zombie. <laughs> I will gladly, <laughs> gladly show you the picture that was taken of me. That was, it was cold that night. <laughs> I'm glad like two, I had two buffs on, a Carolina sweatshirt, and a, yeah, and another hood, and then a hat. <laughs> I don't think I was wearing socks. I don't know why I wouldn't have been wearing socks, but it was it was cold. <laughs> but anyway, what, so what's the meaning about? Give us the so, give us the gist of it. SCDNR, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, Corps. 
core. <laughs> Corpse. They're not dead yet. <laughs> yet. Go ahead. That little yet just ruined yet. everything. That's all right. <clears throat> Representatives of the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources, the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers will hold a meeting at the Anderson Civic Center to give an overview and status update to anglers on cooperative striped bass fishery management programs undertaken by three agencies. Interested members of the public are welcome to attend and ask questions. The meeting and presentation will cover topics such as telemetry study of striped bass, summer habitat <clears throat> use, and population monitoring programs that have been launched recently in response to angler concerns about the lake's popular striped bass fishery, according to SCDNR Regional Fisheries Coordinator Dan Rankin. Yep, that's right. Oh, what a fancy name. All right, it's a meeting. <laughs> if, if you're interested in striped bass fishing, this is for you. Meeting will be held at Anderson Civic Center on June 24th at 6.30 p.m. Which is Monday. Oh, it is. It is. Wow. <laughs> so, small group, striper fishery management yep. meeting. Yep. Got to make a choice. <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's also, that's stripers, which is near and dear to the upstate. Uh, there's also... A uh, Atlantic Cobia meeting. This was uh, from the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, ASFMC, ASMFC. The Commission, South Atlantic State Federal Fisheries Management Board, approved draft one amendment to the Interstate Fishery Management Plan for Atlantic Migratory Group Cobia for public comment. Atlantic coastal states from Virginia through South Carolina have scheduled their hearings to gather public input on draft amendment one. The details of those hearings are as follows. They're going to have a meeting in Virginia, one in North Carolina. They're going to have a, a meeting in South Carolina on July the 1st, 6 o'clock at the Port Royal Sound Foundation Maritime Center. That's in Okatee, South Carolina. And then they're going to have a webinar. webinar. Uh-oh, that's already passed. So that won't do any good. But the, the public meeting in Okatee, it was June 18th. Oh. Yep, this is a May 10th press release. Um Draft 1 was initiated in anticipation of removal of Atlantic Cobia from the South Atlantic and Gulf of Mexico Fishery Management Council's Fishery Management Plan for Coastal Migratory Pelagic Resources. Got that? Through Regulatory Amendment 31. And if, you, if you've if you kept up with Cobia fishery here in South Carolina, they actually uh, postponed it or closed it last year because what they're, they're finding is is most of the Cobia that are being returned because there is a Cobia carcass return policy. Uh, here in South Carolina, for fishermen who want to, who catch cobia, they can take them to locations along the coast. They're freezers. Uh, they'll leave them there. The Department of Natural Resources will come pick up the cobia. And because they breed and stock cobia from Wild Mariculture Center, they, uh, they know by DNA tagging exactly when that cobia was. I guess in the fisheries tank at Mar- at Waddell, what year is released? Uh, they know how old it is, and uh, but what they found is most of the cobia that were being returned to them were not wild cobia. The wild cobia stocks are way down, so they actually canceled season last year. They're doing a tag survey this year um, for cobia, and then this is a meeting because it's now going to be up to the states. 
So the the mid-Atlantic to southern states are now going to be ones who are who are going to be doing all the cobia management. Um, it's, it's, this draft one presents options for addressing 13 issues, uh, including additions to the management goals and objectives, establishment of processes to define biological reference points and specify harvest, changes to commercial monitoring of landings, clarifications of the process for evaluating recreational harvests against state harvest targets, potential changes to commercial fishery management measures, and uh, establishment of de minimis criteria for the commercial fishery recommended management measures for federal waters. So, anyway, I know for the coastal fishermen, you've got, and, and there's, a, there's a good saltwater contingent here in the upstate and spread across through Columbia, the Midlands and all, who like the cobia fish. And from what I understand, the cobia fishery off the coast right now is just off the charts. I know J.R. Waits with Fish Call Charters has been posting up pictures of cobia that his clients have caught practically every day. So if you're interested, you got a striped bass meeting, a cobia meeting, that uh, is your chance to get involved and, and have a say, right? Right. Now, you've got something else that, that hunters can have a say yeah, in this, completely this time different. around. Completely different. Shifting gears. <laughs> Just a little bit. So South Carolina Department of Natural Resources released this. The turkey hunter surveys were mailed last month to 30,000 hunters. Those randomly selected were all individuals that received a set of 2019 turkey tags. Um, These surveys are utilized to estimate harvest rates, hunter success, and hunter participation and hunter effort across the state. Thousands of surveys have made their way back to us, but there are many more out there. If you received a survey in the mail and haven't returned it, please take a few moments to complete and send it back to us. Your turkey hunting information is valuable and helps direct future management decisions. We were talking with uh, with B.B. Harrison mm-hmm. about her, her fishing app where they want the recreational guys to log in, log their catches, because all that information goes back to the natural resources departments, and they determine, you know, w- without good information, they can't make good regulations. Exactly. So, and I have a story here about the how the South Carolina legislature ignored all the turkey research. So it's even more important for turkey hunters to return those surveys. So we have so we have good information getting back to the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hate to come right in off of that and and um, and, and talk about this. So we'll we'll go to this other one. There there's also another program that has just been opened up to South Carolina. And and we've had we've talked about feral pigs and they're a problem, not just here in South Carolina, but a lot of places. Uh, the USDA announces feral swine control program, $75 million to support the feral swine eradication and control pilot program. Um, USDA has opened this up. It's a, it's a joint effort between USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Services, the NRCS, and Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, which is APHIS. And the Farm Bill included this program to help address the threat that feral swine pose to agriculture, ecosystems, and human and animal health. Uh, let's see if I can kind of get through some of this. Okay, applications are being accepted through August 19th of 2019 for partners to carry out activities as part of these pilot projects in select areas of Alabama, 
Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Texas, and South Carolina. So APHIS has determined these states have among the highest feral swine population densities and associated damages in the country. So if you're interested, they actually have a, a link. If you go, if you go to, um, oh, goodness gracious, uh, never prints off on here, USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, that's the website. There is a feral swine eradication and control pilot program. Gives kind of the the overview program at a glance who is eligible, and it gives it gives actual locations where your these funds are going to be distributed. And in South Carolina, there are two regions: Hampton County and Newberry County. So if you live in Hampton County, Newberry County, you have a problem with feral pigs. You want to get involved in a program to try to figure out how we control these then uh, this is for you. How to apply to be considered for funding. Proposals must address must address the needs of identified pilot projects listed above. Applications must be su- submitted electronically through grants.gov by 5 p.m. on August 19, 2019. In addition, a PDF of the complete application must be emailed to uh, this other thing. <laughs> other email address. I ain't giving out an email address. Uh, but anyway, check it out. USDA Feral Swine Control Program, Pilot Program, and Hampton and Newberry County. Hang on through the break. More Woods and Water South Carolina on the other side. Welcome back to Woods and Water South Carolina. Yes, Kevin, I know you can still hear us on this one. Now, when we're broadcast, when we're Facebook Live from the studio, you can't. But, yeah. That's why you don't hear me yelling at her when we're doing this one. In the studio, I just kind of cover up the, the cam and go at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of dirt, hmm. we played into it a lot. And, 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 and we're constantly, I'm constantly talking about how kids need to be back outside. Uh, spending too much time indoors, which is not healthy. There's a new mission out there, <laughs> and it's good. Dirt is good. Dirt is good. That is the actual title. That's right. Which is why it's, it's got the organization. Dirt is good. <laughs> <laughs> that is like gonna be my new my new motto. Dirt's dirt good. is good, people. It is good. <laughs> Eating dirt is not all that bad. Tell me you haven't tried that. Before. Oh yes, I've eaten things I don't want to think about. I did not need to know that. That's all right. I really did not know. <clears throat> Anyways. Dirt is good. Tell us about dirt it. Dirt is good. Well, sentence in here that caught my eye <laughs> that I fully agree with. There it is. Okay, write it down, folks. I fully agree with this. Fully. Okay. We know that the best experience, the best experiences can result in the toughest stains, but that should never hold you back. That's right. And you Amen. will get and you will get stains here in South Carolina. That orange mud, it'll ruin a set of clothes in a heartbeat. <laughs> Just a little bit. That's why we have we have dedicated jeans, yeah, t-shirts, yeah, that boots. we wear here when yep. we're out in the mud. Yep, because <laughs> you will in South Carolina. That red stuff, the orange stuff, does not come out with nope with uh, anything except short of bleach. <laughs> that would so not what, be good. Do not so like what is dirt is good? Dirt is good. Is basically just a push. To 
you know, put out there that don't let, you know, the fear of dirt hold you from living life to the fullest because it says in here, it's time to recognize that if you are not getting dirty, you aren't living life to the fullest, especially when you're a kid. And that's another thing. I mean, growing up, I mean, I was always outside because you kicked me out the door. I don't want you. I don't want you in here at all. If you are going to sit there and watch TV. True, true. I would not let you sit there and mm-hmm. just blanket watch TV. But let's let's quantify this. I kicked you out in the backyard where we could see you. True, <laughs> but still. But no, still. I, no, at the farm. At the farm. At the farm, I pretty much turn you loose. Yes. Gator. Pond. Oh, good memories. And that's and that's what you want to do. Growing up, I don't think I could have grown up being trapped inside on a phone, on a computer, on my Wii system. Stop it. Ooh. Stop. Stop. We may have to talk after this. <laughs> Go ahead. Dirt is good. Dirt is good. Keep going. Anyway. What's the purpose of dirt is good? Dirt is good. It's, this isn't here. It's a crucial role in our personal development is being outside and learning that you know what what all is out there for us and it says dirt is good is our drive to create a coordinated movement for a more playfully or more playful friendly world we want to address the fact that modern life is squeezing out time and space to play technology a lack of time or safe places to play and poverty all mean children have less opportunity to get outdoors and lose themselves in play, which is so true. All right, so what's the problem? Why do we need dirt is good? Well, role play, the kind of an unstructured, creative, imaginative, and immersive play that isn't directed by adults is vital to every every child's physical, emotional, and cognitive and social development. Dirt's also good for your immune system. Which is... It is. <laughs> when you play outside, you develop and immunities. So when you, eat, when you eat dirt, it... Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. develop immunities to what's okay. in the dirt. All right. So kids, go out there and eat dirt. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just kind of summarizing your little point there. Well, I mean, how many of us who grew up in my generation hasn't eaten a mud, mud pie or... You know. This is so bad. No, it's not. It was growing up in the country. Well, I mean, do you remember when I used to bite the heads off the worms that we used to fish with? Yeah, let's well, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> not encouraging that either, but... No, not encouraging that either. It's fact fly. <laughs> but yes, dirt is good. Dirt, and the, and the whole push of this is just to get out there. Let them go get dirty. Don't try to keep their life sanitized because in sanitizing, you make them weaker. Mm-hmm. When they do get outside, they, you know, you look at childhood obesity, um, uh, rates of diabetes in kids. And it's, you know, having a, having a movement, and we talk about it a lot here about getting kids out back outdoors. They need wilderness more than ever. They need to get mm-hmm. dirty. Yep. So let them go. Get one set of clothes that they can go out and get dirty in. It's what we do around here. Yeah, pretty much. And we just keep washing them, and they're orange by now. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I want to get to this because with summertime here, oh, gosh. Yeah, let's do this. Last year I read this, and uh, what 
Taylor, when when you think about drowning, what do you think about? What do you think drowning looks like? Me when I was nine years old. No, 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 old no, 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 that wasn't drowning. <laughs> what? When you think of drowning, what do you think? What do you think it looks like? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. When you see it on TV, what does it look like when somebody looks like they're drowning? Can't see a head. You just see water in the hands. They're splashing all over yeah. and everything. No. Drowning doesn't look like drowning. And this is one I read last year. I had a lot of people say that it was a great article. Um, this is written by... Oh, goodness, I can't find his name. Nope. Doesn't give credit here. So whoever wrote this, thank you, because it is a great article. Drowning doesn't look like drowning. And this is simply with summertime here. Uh, lots of people out on the water. Lots of people at the lake. Lots of people at the beach. And you're looking around, and it's not the splashing person that's drowning. One of the first things I ever wrote for publication was a short article about drowning and recognition for a Coast Guard magazine. Yeah, I adapted it for recreational boaters. I tried the best to get it published, but no one wanted it. Reader's Digest said it was too dark, and everyone else, including Soundings Magazine, simply ignored the submission. So obviously it's written by someone. I just don't have his name here. Um goes on. Uh, it finally got published in 2010. It went viral. Uh, it's been translated in 15 languages, published in the Washington Post, Reader's Digest, and um, and so forth. So summer's here. And I think the short article below is the most valuable thing I've ever put together. Drowning doesn't look, look like drowning. A new captain jumped from the deck fully dressed and sprinted through the water. A former lifeguard, he kept his eyes on his victim and headed straight for a couple who were swimming between their anchored sport fish and the beach. I think he's, I think he thinks you're drowning, the husband said to his wife. They'd been splashing each other and she had screamed, but now they were just standing neck deep on a sandbar. We're fine. What is he doing? She asked. A little annoyed. We're fine, the husband yelled waving him off, but his captain kept swimming hard toward him. Move, he barked as he sprinted between the stunned owners. Directly behind him, not more than feet away, their nine-year-old daughter was drowning. Safely aboard the surface in the arms of the captain, she burst into tears and screamed, Daddy, how did this captain know from 50 feet away what the father couldn't recognize from just 10? Oh, thank you, Paul Lindsay. Mario Vittoni. May 23rd, 2015. Look at you. That is a great engineer. Thank you very much, sir. Let me get that back up here where I can see it. I don't want to log in, but... Yeah, Drowning May 23rd, 2015 by Mario Vuitton. Um, How did this captain know from 50 feet away what the father couldn't recognize from just 10? Drowning is not the violent, splashing call for help that most people expect. The captain was trained to recognize drowning by experts and years of experience. The father, on the other hand, learned what drowning looks like by watching television. The instinctive drowning response, so named by Francesca A. Pia, Ph.D., is what people do to avoid actual perceived suffocation in the water. And it does not look like most, most people expect it to. When someone is drowning, there's very little splashing and no waving or yelling or calling for help of any kind. To get an idea of just how quiet and undramatic drowning can be, consider this. It is the number two accidental death in children aged 15 and under just behind vehicle accidents. Except in rare cases, drowning people are psychologically psychologically unable to call out for help. Their respiratory system was designed for breathing. Speech is a secondary or overlaid function. Breathing must be fulfilled before speech occurs. Drowning people's mouths alternately 
alternately sink below and reappear above the surface of the water. The mouths of drowning people are not above the surface of the water long enough for them to exhale, inhale, and call out for help. When the drowning people's mouths are above the surface, they exhale and inhale quickly as their mouths start to sink below the surface of the water. Drowning people cannot wait for help. Nature instinctively forces them to extend their arms laterally and press down on the water's surface. Pressing down on the surface of the water permits drowning people to leverage their bodies so they can lift their mouths out of the water to breathe. Throughout the instinctive drowning response, drowning people cannot voluntarily control their arm movements. Psychologically, drowning people who are struggling on the surface of the water cannot stop drowning and perform voluntary movements such as waving for help, moving toward a rescue, or reaching out for a piece of rescue equipment. From beginning to end of the instinctive drowning response, people's bodies remain upright in the water with no evidence of a supporting kick. Unless rescued by a trained lifeguard, these drowning people can only struggle on the surface of the water for 20 to 60 seconds before submersion occurs. So, as you're around the water this summer, here's what to look for. Uh, Look for these signs of drowning when persons are in the water. Head low in the water, mouth at water level. Head tilted back with mouth open. Eyes glassy and empty, unable to focus. Eyes closed, hair over forehead or eyes, not using legs, hyperventilating or gasping, trying to swim in a particular direction but not making headway, trying to roll over onto the back, and they appear to be climbing an invisible ladder. Wow. Wow. So if a crew member falls overboard and everything looks okay, don't be too sure. Sometimes the most common indication that someone is drowning is they don't look like they're drowning. They just may, they may just look as if they're treading water and looking up at the deck. So I hope when you're out there that you don't ever have an instance to experience what somebody looks like when they're drowning. But if you do, don't look for the flailing, the splashing, the calling out for help. Look for those that are really in trouble. Thank you for being here, Taylor. Yeah, no problem. Enjoyed it again. Fun. It's yeah. fun. ICAST is coming up in a hurry. <laughs> in the meantime, take time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. And don't forget to take the camera. Back with more Woods and Water, South Carolina, next week. Yes, I'm-